0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into Hog Hoops Live, episode number nine. I am your host, Curtis Wilkerson. You can find me alongside Trey Biddy and Danny West on the team over at Hogsports.com. Arkansas versus Texas A&M this weekend has been Postponed. Unfortunately, but we still have plenty to talk about. Between the Hogs winning was one of the strangest games I've ever seen on Tuesday night. Mus has gone viral for a number of reasons. A Razorback is going to the Olympics and now we get to look ahead to Kentucky. Should be fun. We'll review the Hogs resume, we'll take a peek at next year's squad, potentially get to your questions and comments. No more time to waste. Let's dive right into it. Once again, welcome in to Hog Hoops Live. All right. Before we start, always a reminder all the ways that you can watch or listen to the show. Like our Hog Sports page here on Facebook, you can subscribe to our Hog Hoops Live YouTube page. Go back and check out all the videos after they're posted. You can find us anywhere you listen to your podcast Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, same place that you listen to Hog Sports Live with Trey on a weekly basis. Make sure you throw us a, a like, a five star review, leave a comment. All those things are greatly appreciated. I gotta be honest with you, I mean if you're not subscribed to us yet at hogsports.com, I'm I'm starting to get a little worried about you. We just finished up a great promo, but there's still every single reason to hop on and join us. Type in Hogsports.com, just hop on the page right now, give it a scroll. Take a look at it. All the stories that we have put up. Nobody covers National Signing Day like Danny West. It's incredible. Yesterday. Trey Biddy has been all over these schedule changes that have taken place with football, the coaching staff moves. He's been out ahead of all that. I like to think I'm bringing a little bit of heat with basketball, and hey, the the baseball previews are starting to roll out for all you fans of the Diamond Hogs. Come join us. Come be a part of the family. See what we have to offer. I, I promise you, you'll be happy that you did. Okay, let me get all this stuff out of here. All right. Really, before we dive too much into this basketball stuff, I, I do want to mention and, and just give a big shout-out to Arkansas Associate Head Coach David Patrick. Really cool honor for him. Uh, he's been named to the coaching staff as an assistant for the Australian national team for the Tokyo Olympics this summer. That's really cool. They've got a good shot at coming home with a medal. You know, Australia is ranked third in the, in the world. Um, for those of you that pay attention to... You know, that type of basketball. They they did really well in the FIBA World Cup in 2019. They beat the United States. Pretty cool. He came home with a medal. I mean, we're still all about Team USA, right? So, I maybe mean, it's a silver or a bronze, but still. Oh, but very cool for David Patrick. You know, he, he's going to be coaching several guys that he recruited to college and coached. You think about guys like Ben Simmons, uh, Matthew Delvedova, Patty Mills. All those guys are going to be represented on the team. All guys that he has a, a long-standing relationship. It's very cool. It, it says a lot about the talent that's over there in Australia, and and David Patrick has tapped into that pipeline. He's and it's already showing. Big junior college transfer, of Coleman Wine coming in, Australian native. Very good. You know, David Patrick. He he started at Arkansas literally about the exact same time that I started with Hog Sports. So. Uh, I like to think we have that in common, but great guy, you know, really welcoming and accommodating, uh, genuine. He's doing a hell of a job, and he stepped in with, with Muss out against Abilene Christian and led the Razorbacks to one of their better wins of the non-conference slate, so really excited for him. You know, we, we planned on doing this show yesterday, and I promised that, you know, most of the time we're going to do these the day after the midweek. I know I made it a point to tell everybody, hey, we're gonna we're gonna do the show on Wednesday next week. Well, uh, we're doing it today, you know, for a couple of reasons. One, we were pretty busy yesterday. I mean, we did have a press conference with with David Patrick to talk about um, his Olympic deal that he's got going on. Uh, we had the news that broke about the schedule changes for football, so you know, we had a press conference dealing with that. But the main reason is kind of had an idea that this Texas A&M game against arkansas here in fayetteville on the weekend might not be happening right it, you know with, with a&m having to postpone their game against vanderbilt which was scheduled for last night they went on pause i definitely didn't want to jump on here and preview a game that wasn't going to happen uh, and, and now we know so we can move on to kentucky so i think we'll have a more quality show by waiting a day before we move on to kentucky though let's talk about this mississippi state game just for a few minutes that was uh, that was a weird one. <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, it it wasn't pretty. Uh, to be honest, it's probably about as ugly as it gets. But Arkansas, hey, they come away with a 61 to 45 win over the Bulldogs, uh, extend that SEC winning streak to four games. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. You love to see it. The start, I think we need to forget about that one. <laughs> okay, I mean, you almost can't get off to a worse start than Arkansas did. I think they were one for their first 17 or something from the field. They're kicking the ball all over the floor again, and it's just like here we go. Right, I thought we were past this. They went almost 10 minutes without making a shot. Only it was a free throw on a 10-minute span. It was from about the 18-minute mark to the 8-minute mark. You know, Desi Sills goes down with an injury there. Um, scary injury. It sounds like he's going to be okay, which is good. Musk gets ticked off about it. He gets attacked, and then all of a sudden you're down 16 to three in your own building, wondering like, what what the hell is going on here. <laughs> I mean, it was it was rough, but luckily the defense was really good for Arkansas. I thought they had a great game plan going into that, and it it was good enough to keep them within striking distance until the lid finally came off the rim, and it did eventually. You know, Arkansas did close the half on I think it was a 25 to six or 26 to six run. Uh, You know Moses Moody, uh, Devo Davis sparked him. J.D. Notte came off the bench and had a good first half, which is rare for him. He's usually a second half guy, right? But he came in, did a good job. So you know, after such a rough start, Arkansas goes into the half leading twenty-eight to twenty-two, and you're thinking, okay, cool. I don't know what the deal is with those slow starts. You know, they they mix up the starting lineup quite a bit, uh, try to find guys to spark it, find the right combinations. They were so good. In non-conference play, getting off to good starts and burying teams early. It seems like they've been starting really slow uh, since then, since the turn of the year. So, we'll see. I, I To be honest, I, I do think there were two things that contributed a little bit to that on Tuesday against the Bulldogs. One, Arkansas is tired, man. I mean, they, they were coming off two short turnarounds against two really uh, physical teams and, and physical games. If you think about Ole Miss and Oklahoma State, kind of looked like they had some heavy legs early. And if you do, that's why, you know, a lot of times shots won't fall. They did get a second wind and had that stretch really from about the eight-minute mark of the first half until about the eight-minute mark of the second half. Then I thought they looked tired down the stretch. Now, they had built up enough of a lead at that point to be able to coast a little bit, which is good. Uh, you know, kind of take the air out of the ball like Musselman likes to do and, and milk the clock and play the possession game. It was a good time to do it because they, they were a little fatigued, I think, down the stretch. Also, Mississippi State, man, they're huge. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're limited offensively after their, their two key guards, Molinar and Stewart. I think you could tell by the 45 points that they scored. But they've got some grown men out there, and that matters defensively. They wear you down, they grind on you. It took a little while to figure that out. You had that six-point lead going into halftime, and and Arkansas came out hot, they extended it out to 15. You're thinking, all right, cool, cruise control time, baby. Got it in the bag. Eh. Mississippi State started making some shots. They put a run on them. All of a sudden, you got like nine minutes left, and it's 42 to 37, five-point game. And Mississippi State's got some momentum. And like I said, you kind of kind of see the, the legs start to turn on Arkansas a little bit. They just looked tired, and I was like, man, I hope they don't run out of gas here. Don't worry about it. Connor Vanover took over, okay? The big fella comes out of the timeout. They call a timeout. They're up five. Boom, 7-0 run, personal 7-0 run. Back-to-back dunks, which you love to see. Hey, for everybody's saying he's not aggressive, well, there you go. Pick and rolls. Hammers a couple right there at the basket. You love it. Then he drills a three. All of a sudden, Arkansas extends their lead to a dozen thanks to that run, and then they're able to coast. So good job putting the game away. Very nice job. You like to see that from Connor. I get it. He had kind of a rough game with Oklahoma State in terms of physicality and and things like that, and we're not going to beat a dead horse here. We know that's an issue for him, but I think that he proved – you know, not necessarily that he is a banger or you know the most physical guy in the world, but he's willing to mix it up, and he can play with some toughness, and I thought he did that against Mississippi State. Again, this is the biggest lineup in the SEC. They they run 6'10", 6'11", guys at you, not just the starters, but coming off the bench, and they're all big fellows, right? 240, 250-plus. He finished tonight with 13 points, 8 rebounds, 3 blocks, 2 steals, 2 assists. I think that's your MVP. And we talk about you know his his defense at times, um, I mean the man he was guarding to do, two points one rebound. Pretty good job, pretty good job. You know some good things that you see there. I mean, Arkansas comes out and they they really dominated on the glass. Against like I said, a, a really big team. Obviously, you know Mississippi State's tough on the boards. It's good stuff. You, you out-rebound them overall, I think by double digits there. You doubled them up on offensive rebounds. You think that was an emphasis for Eric Musselman? I mean, that's one of the things he's gone viral for in the last few days. Rebounding with such a heavy emphasis that the man literally plastered signs that said "rebounding," "defensive rebounding," all over the locker room, all over the practice gym. They're pinning them on players' cars, okay? So I, I I think the guys got the message there. Pretty funny. It's effective. You mentioned Molinar and Stewart, who are the, the two guys who came in for Mississippi State. They're averaging 35 points per game combined. Uh, really their only offense. They combined for 14 points and eight turnovers in that game. So again, Arkansas did a great job. They started throwing that trap out there. Again, that's just their thing. It's no longer a gimmick. That's their half-court defense, getting Justin Smith involved in that trap and getting the ball out of the playmaker's hands. So far, it's worked for them. Mississippi State turned it over 26 times, which is a ton, and that became 25 points on the other end for Arkansas. That's the difference in the game right there. Arkansas didn't necessarily hang on to it that well. I mean, they turned it over 17 times, but that only turned into four points in transition for Mississippi State, so a huge huge difference there in the points off turnovers. Again, it wasn't pretty, but a win is a win is a win, right? you got to stack them up. That's four in a row. This group is starting to show that they can win games in multiple ways. I know you had a, a blip at Oklahoma State, but you played well there, and Oklahoma State's a good team. But Arkansas can speed you up and have success. They can grind out a slugfest. They proved that against Ole Miss. They proved it against Mississippi State. They can come back from big deficits. They've shown that now. They can blow you out. Ask Georgia. And so those are some positive signs. Another interesting thing that went, you know, a little bit viral. I didn't see this initially because I was I was at the game, so I wasn't watching on television. But uh, it was a kind of an awkward exchange, I guess, on the SEC Network broadcast after the game. So, you know, Damian Fishback prior to the to the interview with Muss, he was kind of off on a tangent about how you know Arkansas needs to improve and get quite a bit better, which is a fair assessment. I think we can all agree with that. I mean, that, that was an ugly game. You still did your job, right, and came out with a 16-point win. Uh, but, they, you know, they're they're not a finished product. Okay? But I guess Mus already had the headset on and he heard that. So then in the interview, they basically ask him about the game and he says something along the lines of, you know, I guess, you know, According to to your network, we need to get a lot better, even though we won by double digits. So he and I I think it was overblown a little bit. It it was in jest. okay. I think it was kind of a soft or a playful jab, but it was calculated. Man, some people took off with that. Some were happy with the way he kind of took up for his team and, and thought it was funny. Some were calling him, you know, thin skinned or whatever. Listen, I'm all for it right we've had the the cliche the coach speak the non-emotion but Muss is unique and he, he doesn't hide his emotions he wears them on his sleeve we know that he, he's opinionated he's he's up when the team is winning he's down when they're losing and, and to me that shows you how much he cares but i i loved it the other day right i mean we all loved it when when sam Pittman. remember he threw a little shade at ole miss about Hudson Clark, right, and they, they even made a GIF out of it. Let's keep that same energy from us when he's passionate about his team, and and it's funny because I saw the exact same thing that they did for him with a GIF the other day. So um, good stuff. You know, moving ahead now, uh, you know, I, I do think that Arkansas should have beaten Texas A and M if that game would have happened this weekend. I'm torn on how I feel about it. You know, on, on one hand, and we'll talk about where Arkansas stands right now, which is a pretty good position, but you'd like to get that extra win on the record. But they'll make it up. Okay, It's probably going to happen the, the week after the regular season. It's kind of a built-in time period. So Arkansas wraps up uh, at South Carolina on March 2nd, and the SEC tournament isn't scheduled to start until the 10th. So you got time to, to get that game back
1: Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I know a lot of people have, you know, tweeted and comment and commented things like that about, oh, let's get, let's call up Gonzaga and get them on the schedule. They're open on Saturday. Well, they'd be cool. Uh, but Arkansas has already played their allotment of non-conference games; they're maxed out, and they have every intention of making up this game with A&M. And assuming nothing else changes over the course of the the rest of the regular season, they will they will be able to do that. On the other hand, I do think the rest comes at a good time. And like I said, Arkansas looked tired; they were a little worn down against Mississippi State. They were going to have an extra day anyway because the midweek was on Tuesday instead of Wednesday. Now they get a full week. I think that's going to be beneficial in the long run. Trust me, Arkansas wants to play. They wish they were playing on Saturday. I wish they were playing on Saturday. I was looking forward to go cover it. But uh, they're also beat up, and this gives some guys who've been kind of going through this this up and down, these, this peak, peaks and valleys with these injuries on, you know, let me rest, rest, rest in between games and then play and kind of reaggravate things, and they're just going through this cycle. Well, now they have a chance to really heal up and get back close to full health. You think about Justin Smith. I mean, after the Oklahoma State game, he talked about it, how it's been difficult for him. Yeah, he's been playing. He's been playing well, but he hasn't been able to practice. He gives it his all in the games, and he's sore, swollen, things like that. He takes it easy in between games. He misses practice. Well, what does that mean? It means he's missing scouting report. He's not able to walk through the opponent's plays, so it takes him more time to get caught up to speed with the game plan. And it impacts conditioning. He was sucking air out there more than anybody on Tuesday night. Jalen Williams, he had that knee-to-knee collision with Cade Cunningham. I was actually surprised that he was able to play against Mississippi State uh, the, the I think it was nine or ten minutes that he did that was pretty impressive. I, that's a painful injury. It's nothing structurally wrong which is good, but that hurts and, and he's he's swollen up and it's really painful. Uh, now he's got a full week to recover that that's gonna be behind him for the Kentucky game. That's good because you're gonna need him in that game. You think about sills it sounds like that was a stinger. Uh, and those are scary. And if you've ever had one of those, I mean, your your whole arm goes numb. You don't know what's going on. Could have been a lot worse. Um, that was a scary fall. But sounds like he was available, maybe under an emergency scenario. There in the second half, they didn't have to use him. Now he's got a week to heal up. Good. Moses Moody. We didn't even know about this, but he had he kind of had a freak injury. Uh, at practice, in between the Oklahoma State and Mississippi State games, turned an ankle on a on a rebounding drill, a box out drill, uh, and, and they didn't even know if he was going to be available until game day. He grinds it out and plays 38 minutes. I mean, it was it was good because you got a lot of production out of some of these guys that were banged up. Smith gave you a double double. Uh, Moses gave you what was it, 13 and 7. So that was good to see. But now you rest up for a week. You should see a more healthy fast energetic bunch next week and and they're going to need to to be that way because playing at Kentucky and at Missouri in one week that's a huge stretch. It's a huge challenge, but it's also a huge opportunity. Man, getting into Kentucky though. This is not the Kentucky team that we're used to seeing, is it? You know, they really struggled through non-conference play. What were they 1 and 6 or whatever? at one point, and you're still kind of thinking, all right, they do this from time to time. They're going to figure it out in SEC play. And then they started fairly strong in SEC play. Um, but, man, they've really been struggling lately. They've won a few games, uh, but 5-11 and 11 overall. I can't fathom how that's even possible with the type of talent they have on that roster. 5-11, and 11, Kentucky. Four and five and SEC play. They do play defense, okay, pretty well for the most part. They're long and athletic, uh, but they just have not been able to really click on the offensive end, and they continue to find ways to lose games as opposed to winning them. Happened last night. If anybody watched that game against Missouri last night, you know they were down big. They made a a good rally. They look good. For a stretch against Missouri, they cut it down all the way to I think three, and then they folded up the last four minutes. You know, turnovers, bad shots, didn't execute, and they lost. Down the stretch, they're capable. You know that from the talent that they have. I mean, they've got some nice wins. They blew Florida out. They blew LSU out. It's still a team that's full of McDonald's All-Americans. You know, and you're going to their place. It's it's not going to be an easy game or an easy win for Arkansas. I think there's almost a stigma when it comes to this Arkansas-Kentucky game, and and the Hogs need to get over that hump next week. It's a hell of an opportunity to do it. I don't don't think there's many times where you could say that Arkansas is going into Rupp Arena and should win, but I do think that's the case now, And, and hopefully we see that. I mean, talked about some of the the good wins that they have. I mean, they they barely beat Vanderbilt, though. Uh, Lost to Bama twice. No shame in that. Lost to Georgia. Some of those non-conference losses were head-scratchers. I don't They have a hard time scoring the basketball. They really do. It's crazy. You look up and down. I mean, B.J. Boston, five-star. Terrence Clark, five-star. He's been out with injury. I don't know what's going on with him. Um, you know, Cal talked about it last night after the game, said something along the lines of "It's it's been five weeks and all your, your tests and MRIs have come back clean, you're still limping around. I, I don't know if he's saying that he's not hurt or I, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on there, but they've been without him. That's hurt. You got Olivier Sarr, the big transfer that, that everyone was high on. That was kind of the game changer, right? Because people weren't sure about Kentucky for a while, because they had so much turnover, more turnover than they normally do on the roster, but then they add an experienced grad transfer like Olivier Saar, and everybody thought that would kind of send them over the top. It hasn't. Davion Mintz, uh, Creighton transfer. I mean, more five-star guys. You go down here. Devin Askew, Isaiah Jackson, Lance Ware. it's, It's a talented roster. They just haven't figured it out yet. Averaging 67 points per game. That's wild. That is wild for a Kentucky team. Only giving up 69. Like I said, they'll play a little bit of defense. They're only shooting 41.8% from the field and 30% from three as a team. Those are not good numbers. They're okay on the glass. Assist to turnover, they're really struggling. I mean, they have 183 assists and 242 turnovers so far on the season crazy big-time opportunity for Arkansas they need to go in there and get it done because they're in a good spot the Razorbacks they they really are it's it's crazy um, how split everyone is on well I guess it's not crazy but there's kind of a split on how everyone views this team right now because on one hand you, know, you can look at it and say well They've handled their business and, and kind of beat the teams they're supposed to beat and look at, look at where they're at right now. And on the other hand, people can look and say, "Well, but who have they beat?" And they've, they've lost the games to all the really good teams that they played. And both of those things can be true. Okay? But you know, if you recall after the Alabama game a couple weeks ago when it felt like the sky was falling, we did point to this next stretch of games as being so critical. Most of them were home games, a little bit lighter in terms of the competition, an opportunity for Arkansas to rack up wins, and they've done that. So 4-1 since that Alabama game, which which is good. All four of those wins have come in SEC play, which is huge. You'd like to have that one at Oklahoma State. It was a quad one opportunity, blah, blah, blah. But to to reel off those four SEC wins is big. Because if you take a look at the SEC standings right now, Arkansas sits at 6-4. and four. They are in a tie for third place with Florida and LSU. So I guess LSU technically has that tiebreaker right now, but they're struggling, and you get them in your building with a healthy Justin Smith in a couple weeks. I, I think I like Arkansas in that game. Okay? You get Florida, who you're also tied with in third place, coming to your building. Missouri is only ahead of you by percentage points. They're sitting in second place right now, and you get them next weekend. If you don't think Arkansas is going to be fired up for that one after the way they played the first time around, you're crazy. So opportunities are there. Right now you're sitting in a spot where you're, you're in line for that double bye in the SEC tournament. And you're not really in a spot where you have to pass a bunch of people. You just have to hold steady. Alabama obviously running off with things, but, you know, I understand big picture, and, and we'll talk about that in a second in terms of March Madness, NCAA tournament and everything, but look at these SEC standings. They're in a great, great spot. If Arkansas finishes third in the SEC, they're going dancing. I don't care what the final record is. If they're able to do that, they're going to be in a good spot. It just so happens this is a year where you have one team in Alabama who's dominant at 10-0, and 0, and most everyone else is kind of hovering You know, a game or two above or a game or two below 500. Very interesting. A lot of basketball left to be played. And I think considering you didn't have Justin Smith or that stretch that you struggled, you really have to be happy with where you're at. But like I said, despite where you're at in the SEC, it seemed to be slipping with the NCAA tournament projections. Yeah, I think the last time I checked Lenardi's updates, they were, you know, Arkansas is in the play in games. Uh, they're at the at the eleven or twelve seed. Starting to see some more projections that don't include the Razorbacks. I, I saw where they were left out of Andy Katz's new bracket yesterday. Why is that the case? We know they need to be they need to beat a good team. A quality quad one opponent. Well, you've got the opportunities and we've been saying it the opportunities are ahead of you Missouri, Florida, LSU, Alabama all left on the schedule all of those except Missouri are at home too by the way one of those will go a long way you win two of them you're in a great spot we know that but I think you have to because a lot of times you know maybe You are in a situation where you don't have that signature win, but that you you go into the SEC tournament and you get it, right? Or make a little run. Well, you can't bank on that this year. I mean, we're a month away from the SEC tournament. We don't even know if it's going to happen, right? There's been a lot of talk about that. Are they going to cancel those? Are they going to shorten it? Are the teams who are already secured for March Madness going to opt out and not take the risk? I've heard some coaches talk about that. So you can't bank on that. You need to rack up those quality wins now. Again, got the opportunity, just have to do it. I think if they do, all of a sudden, you know, those people who have the doubts and the concerns about the team are going to be feeling a lot better. Like we've said before, the analytics still love them. Number 30 in the net, 26 in Kempom. High on ESPN BPI, high in the Sagarin ratings. Not too many teams who have the type of analytical ratings that the Razorbacks do find themselves on the outside looking in when it's all said and done. And They just got to handle their business. The latest BPI projections I think have them finishing 19-8 and 8 and 11-7 and in SEC play. If, if you get to that mark, I think you're in. I really do especially if if one or two of those wins comes in that four-game stretch that we talked about. We'll see. Been getting a lot of questions about next year. And, you know, next year's roster. How's it project? What's it going to look like? It you know, it's hard to say right now, but, you know, based on assumptions, uh, some people are concerned uh, about what next year might look like. If you think about the possibility of losing three seniors, and Justin Smith, Jalen Tate, Vance Jackson, uh, and then also Moses Moody, who probably is going to go pro. Yeah, I think the last the last mock draft I saw had him going number twelve in the first round. Um, so you know, I get it. If we assume that happens uh, and those guys go, then returning you'd you have Desi Sills as a senior, uh, Devo Davis. KK Robinson, hopefully fully healthy. JD No taste. that's a lot of a lot of combo guards right there. Um, and then Jalen Williams, Connor Vanover, and Ethan Henderson coming back inside. You, you probably have Bebe, Ola back from his ACL Terry. I, I don't know necessarily what to expect out of him. And then the additions, you add Chance Moore, um, who was a bit of a wild card, I thought, as a as an incoming freshman. Um, just because he, he was so highly rated initially and then he dealt you know battled through some injuries and saw a big drop he's having a really really good senior season at McEachern in Georgia really looking good um, I like his frame I like that I've seen some more consistency from him from the perimeter I like his motor that he's been playing with this year so maybe he can come in and give you a boost right away we'll see uh, but definitely looking a lot a lot better as a prospect. I'd be anxious to see if he sees a bump in his rating when the next uh, when the next update comes out. You will have Kamani Johnson, the Little Rock transfer. Thought we might get him this year. We still haven't heard anything on that waiver. Shocking, I know, um, but you know, another guy who can give you some physicality and some rebounding adds a dimension that you don't have. And then Colma Wine, who we spoke about earlier, the the David Patrick uh, signee that's coming in. You know, athletic junior college guy, six nine can, can shoot it, rebound a little bit. I don't know if, that he necessarily fills that role of a, of a big physical banger that everybody's clamoring for, but uh, certainly from, a, from an athleticism standpoint, he fills a need there. But you know, if you look at that roster on paper, I, I see a team that's probably about equal to or maybe maybe you know not quite as good on paper. As this year's team, but here's the deal: this is not going to be the finished product, right? I mean, we know that there's going to be at least one scholarship available. We have that now. Uh, likely two, if Moses Moody does decide to go to the NBA draft. And then, honestly, depending on how this year finishes up, it wouldn't be a surprise if another spot or two opens up as well. Transfers happen, and I'm not—I don't have any inside information that someone's out the door or anything like that. But it's just the law of averages happens every year don't be surprised to see that if it happens but transfer portal season is going to be a lot of fun be some a little bit of pressure on muss to to hit right you don't have a miss if you only if you only got a couple uh, because i do think this team is going to need you know a couple key things and you know maybe you look at a true ball handling point guard could be kk but, but I'm not sure you can, can bet on that just yet um, because of the injury and he didn't get the development and the experience that you wanted to see. Now hopefully he's fully healthy for the spring and summer, he comes in, he's ready to roll. Okay? I, he's absolutely talented enough, but do you get some insurance just in case? I don't know. I, you know, I, I think they'd benefit from a go-to type scoring threat on the wing. I'm talking a go to guy, somebody that can go get you a bucket. And that's hard to find uh, in the transfer portal, but there's several teams that have done it. Louisville's one that stands out to me. Texas Tech, who went out and got Mack McClung, that's rolling for him. Arkansas would benefit from having that guy. Okay? Um, you know, and then maybe someone who could fit the system, but, but still provide a little bit more uh, from the strength and physicality standpoint. We've, we've talked about it. Uh, in the past so I mean can you go out and get all three of those things I I don't know that'd be awesome if they did maybe two or three and then you got to remember I mean there's always the possibility that those seniors could elect to return I think it's a little more unlikely for that kind of thing to happen in basketball as opposed to say college football where you know Arkansas seen a lot of those guys choose to come back um, just because there's more opportunities to make money playing the game right you know smith tate jackson those guys could go overseas and make money if they didn't get drafted or wind up in the g league it's all about what they want to do all about what they want to do i'd be surprised if any of them came back but you never know i i wouldn't i would not 100% rule that out for sure okay Let's see if we got a few questions and comments here. Roman Burnside says, how about them hogs? Yeah, how about them? 14 and five, six and four, SEC play. Down to the final month, you're in a good spot. We'll see how it ends up. Matt Bounce says, what up, Curtis? What up, man? How's it going? Nick Headley says, thanks for the great content. Appreciate that. Like I said, if listen, if you're not already subscribed to hogsports.com, if you just go to the website right now and give it a scroll and see some of the things that we have posted, I mean, the amount of content we have is incredible right now. It really is. Uh, and I think that would be enough for you to just sign up on the spot. Give it a shot. Go ahead. I, I really think you'd like it. Matt bounce says what's with these Texas teams canceling games with well, this first TCU with the bowl game now and starting to not like that state much. <laughs> is this going to become a trend? <laughs> no, it's it's uh it's unfortunate. You know, it really is. It's it's been a, it's been interesting. Things have been uh, happening to that, you know, with with the COVID shutdowns and things like that through these programs. It's been a little more few and far between lately. Um, you know, I, I guess part of it's probably because it, it may have run its course through a lot of rosters. And, and, you know, we have the vaccine and everything like that going on now. So um, hopefully we get on the back end of this thing and, and get back to some normalcy soon. But, you know, that was so unfortunate with the TCU game. And, and yeah, with a and you know, you worry about that when you see the game before get postponed, right? As soon as it happened with Vanderbilt started to worry and i know that happened earlier in the season maybe it was the vanderbilt game earlier in the season where they had to postpone their midweek but we were still able to play so you never know what's really going on a lot of times you might get false positives and they have to retest or you know go back through contact tracing and stuff like that and um you know unfortunately it didn't happen but the good news is is there is that window at the end of the season where this game could be made up and i think it's going to be important because I, I don't know how they're going to seed teams. I've, I know I've said this before, but for the SEC tournament, we're going to have some who play the full 18, some who might fall short with, with 16 or 17. You might have some teams who only play 13 league games. So how do you see them? So when I see that, in my opinion, you know a team like Arkansas, you need to get as many of those games in as you can. So if you can make that game up against Texas A&M and you know, hopefully win it at home as you should be favored to, well, that's going to help in the long run because, as we can see from those standings, every win matters. Okay. Aside from Alabama, it seems like anybody can beat anybody else on a given night. So you, know, you can't take those wins against the teams at the bottom of the standings for granted. Hopefully they can make it up and get it done. Let's see. Jason L. Downing says they need to heal up. Yeah, they do. They do. We, we kind of went through the list there, but you know, every team's banged up at this point in the season. Certainly. Every team's dealing with a little bit of, uh, of, of fatigue also. and That's kind of part of the deal, but you know, Arkansas has hit with it pretty hard. So, And with them, you know, the good thing is it, it's a lot of ankles and, and bruises and things like that. So things that where if you really can just take a couple days and do nothing, right, and then work yourself back into it, uh, that you can get back to 100% pretty quick. Hopefully that's what you see. Like I said, I I think it's gonna help them in the long run, and they're gonna be faster, more energetic, and and maybe be able to just kinda crank things up a notch for these next couple weeks, which is gonna be really important. Justin Williams says, I just want Arkansas to smash Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky. (laughs) Yeah, it's about time for that to happen I think you know Arkansas has had some good teams uh, you know in the last couple of years that, that haven't been able to get it done but this is definitely their best opportunity and, and to go into Rupp Arena even if it's not a full Rupp Arena and get a win even if it's not your vintage Kentucky team uh, it's still big it, it matters it means something to the state it means something to the program so I really hope that they are able to do that you just hope that, you know, that, that Kentucky doesn't figure it out uh, in that game, right? It, it would it would almost be, you think about old Pinto, hogs going to hog, right? If, if they show up at Rupp Arena and all of a sudden Kentucky's like shades of their 2012 selves, uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. They've got another game they have to play. They have to play Tennessee uh, over the course of this weekend. So we'll see. Um, we will definitely see what happens there. Um, at any rate, Ryan Horn, how does a kid get recognized? I know a kid that has 2,100 career points and doesn't have a single offer. Um, you know, I, I think taking that back even to the time I spent as a, as a college coach and recruiter, and and then also as a scout, um, part of it's about where you're at. Okay. You know, if it, if it might be a, a smaller school or a more rural area where, you know, the coverage isn't as great and, and scouts can't get out and, and see you as much, uh, that could impact it to a degree. Um, does he play summer ball you know, maybe get him on one of the circuits where you can get a little bit more exposure and evaluation, put together some of those highlight tapes and start sending them out. Um, all that stuff helps, but it can be tough. I mean, I, I grew up in McCrory <laughs> and if anybody knows where that is, right, it's a small town of about 1800 and uh, I mean that that's how I eventually got my opportunity uh, to go up to Linenwood uh, kind of had to do my own work and, and you know send game film all over the place and pop off a bunch of emails to coaches and, and things like that and eventually uh, someone took the time to to watch it and then you get your chance but I, I, I definitely know that can be frustrating sometimes. Drew McDonnell says, how do we match up versus Kentucky pace and game style wise? Um, good and bad. You know, i I think that there's kind of been a, a little bit of a stigma with Arkansas that they struggle with, you know, physical or, or athletic teams. Um, Kentucky has a little bit of that. I mean, they're gonna be long and athletic, pretty stout defensively, but I think Arkansas is gonna be able to score on this team. I, I really do. Um, so I don't think it's, you know, as much of a, I wouldn't call it a mismatch, but it's not going to play as big of a factor as maybe some of the other games that we've seen have. Um, and then, you know, I, I gotta say, unless Kentucky goes on one of these games, like I said, where they, they think they're the 2012 version of themselves and they're hitting a bunch of threes and things like that, Arkansas should be able to lock them up pretty good defensively. They don't have a lot of perimeter shooting, uh, you know, I, I think they're ch- still trying to kind of figure out who their, their go-to guy is and who their lead ball handlers are. So, you know, might be able to hurt them a little bit with that trap and and be tough in the half court defensively. Rebounding is going to be really important. You know, I, I, that, that is a way that Kentucky generates a lot of points is by getting offensive rebounds and putbacks. So we have to box those guys out and be strong around the rim uh, and then take care of the basketball. Take care of the basketball. I can't turn it over and let a team that struggles to score get out in transition and get easy ones. But I do think they match up fairly well. Brandon Tabo says, Devo probably has a better mid-range game than Witt did and needs to be used more. Um, Maybe. You know, I, I think he's being used about as much as he can be the, the last few games. What did he play, 36 minutes or so the other night, which is really good to see. You almost had to have him out there. The man's energy is unreal. I've joked about it before, but, you know, even in a game against Mississippi State where it's just such a, you know, kind of a slowed down, grinded out pace, which is exactly what Mississippi State wanted early on. And, you know, Arkansas looked tired and sluggish. Devo was the exception, right? I mean, his his energy level stays at a 10 or 11 uh, every second that he's out there. And, you know, he, he gives you a spark when he does those things. Um, and his mid-range has looked good. I think they did a, a, a made a nice adjustment of getting him involved in the middle of that zone at times against Oklahoma State. And he proved that he can knock down that shot. He's getting more comfortable with the floater. He's using the glass well on his drives. Uh, would like to see him go to the right hand a little bit more. That's something he's going to have to develop, but uh, has been really effective. Pleasant surprise. Uh, from a scoring standpoint, no doubt what he's been providing. Now, I kind of thought as he started to carve out his role a little bit that it was just going to be rebounds, loose balls, steals, and defense. But he gives you a little scoring pop too. That's great. Back in the starting lineup. I, I think he'll probably start again next week. He looked really good. Michelle Rava says, whoop, whoop, rest week to get healthy, So clutch for these next two games. Yeah. I agree. It's big time. It's going to help them. You want to see a healthy Arkansas team down the stretch, no doubt about it. Okay. that just about covers it. As always, you know, really appreciate everybody listening in today. Remember again, go check us out at hogsports.com. If you're on the fence, just, just go ahead and hop over it. Join us. You'll be happy you did it. Remember, to throw us a like, rate, review, all those things. Certainly appreciate it. We will be back with you after the Kentucky game next week. That's definitely going to be an interesting show. I know it's something that Arkansas fans are passionate about. Hopefully the Hogs can go over there and get a win. Got the Super Bowl this weekend. I hit the last weekend. show. This is how, how in tuned I get to what's going on with the Arkansas Razorbacks. I mentioned the Super Bowl last week for their show. I didn't realize until like Thursday or Friday that, that it wasn't happening until the following week. So it shows you how much I've been able to follow the NFL, but the Super Bowl is this weekend, whether you're for the chiefs or the, or the bucks should be able to enjoy that one. No doubt. But again, thanks for tuning in as always. We will definitely catch you next time. Should be on Wednesday. Thanks for listening in to hog hoops live.